Welcome to The Whore Next Door. My name is Kim, and I'm The Whore, and this week's episode is brought to you by Jesus Christ, you guys. What the fuck is happening to the world right now? Okay, you guys, so, um, it's been a fucking minute, and to be honest with you, if it weren't for the two glasses of wine that I already drank, I don't think I'd be recording this week's episode, um... So the last time I talked to you guys, I told you that I found out that my dog has cancer, and she still does. (laughs) Fucking bummer. Um, That's still a thing. But how, I mean, in the midst of the coronavirus, how dare I pass up the fucking podcasting gold mine that is the world right now? Um, So... To update you guys, ever since I found out that Bella's tumor is cancerous, I have just been living in this fucking haze. And to be honest with you, this whole coronavirus came along and it hasn't phased me. It just feels like now everyone else is living in the same haze that I've been living in. And it's all very surreal. Um, so I don't know what I said about Bella on the last episode. So I'm just going to recap and apologies in advance for repeated information. Um, many weeks ago, I don't remember how many weeks ago, it feels like years Uh, Bella had a limp one night and so I got a little worried and I called, oh, and she had been falling off the bed. Um, and so I had called the vet to originally make an appointment about the limping, but then as I was examining her leg for the limp, I discovered this hard mass thing and I thought I'm probably overreacting I'm hoping this is just her bladder and I'm an idiot, Um, but I mentioned it to the vet that there was like this thing that I wanted them to check out. And so I took her to the vet the next day and they confirmed that it's a tumor. And that day they did blood, they drew blood to send to the lab and they also did a fine needle aspiration of this mass and they gave her a fuck ton of Benadryl. Oh, yeah, that's when I last recorded. (laughs) It was after this. Um, Okay, so they do that, and then they loaded her up with Benadryl because, as it turns out, uh, what she does have is called a mast cell tumor, and it is made up of a lot of histamine. This is also... uh, Sorry if I'm butchering this, if there's any fucking vets listening. Um, but it's made up of histamine and if you like move it a lot, if you handle it a lot, or if it gets like disrupted, then it's, um, it will spread. So they give Benadryl, which is an antihistamine in hopes of stopping it from spreading. So I didn't know this at the time. The vet later told me this. (laughs) Uh, so they chalked her up full of Benadryl. And we got sent home. I asked the vet to tell me, just be honest with me, what do you think it is? And she said, cancer would be my main concern. Her blood work came back, I believe, like, okay, well, sorry, I'm skipping here. Then that um, night, we go home. So it's Monday evening, I think. And we go home and she is just whining nonstop and she normally whines. So like, that's not that weird, but she was like clearly not herself and she would not sleep. They had told me the Benadryl was going to make her sleepy. Meanwhile, I'm hysterically crying, calling my parents, telling them that my dog is dying. 
Um, and then my dog is just freaking the fuck out. It was just awful. I have terrible anxiety. My anxiety was through the roof. And like when you're in the middle of like severe anxiety, everything is just, you cannot rationalize what is happening. Everything is worst case scenario. So my dog is like not herself and I'm convinced she's dying. <laughs> like that second. Like she is dying, which is the really shitty part. And I can't believe I'm not crying yet. We are a full five minutes into this episode and I haven't cried. And truly, that is the 2020 miracle that we've all been waiting for. Um, in the middle of the night after her not sleeping, it is, I think, 2.30 in the morning. I wind up driving her to the emergency vet. Because I'm, I don't, I don't exactly know what I thought was happening. It's just the fact that I didn't know what was happening. That's what scares me is the not knowing what's happening. I'm such a fucking control freak. Have you guys been paying attention? Have you learned anything over the past 45 episodes? Because you should know by now, I am such a fucking control freak. In case I haven't said it before, I always need to know what's going on. I need to know what's going on and I need to be in control of it. That is the fucking story of my life. That is where all of my problems stem from. That and just general not understanding life. Anyways, so we go to the emergency vet and I'm there. There's other dogs. My dog's freaking out. She's freaking out the other dogs. She's freaking out me. I'm crying. I'm freaking out the other people who are there. And then I decide they come and take her vitals. <laughs> and then I decide I'm going to leave. It's four in the morning. The wait is long. She was put on high priority because of the tumor. Um, but I, I'm just looking around the room at all the other animals that are there. And I'm thinking, I shouldn't be here. Like, my my dog is fine. Like, she's an asshole sometimes. God, I love, she's laying right behind me right now. Oh, no, this might make me cry. <laughs> Fuck, I did it to myself. <laughs> my dog is an asshole sometimes. She is. And I love her dearly. Um, and I, I kind of realized as I was there that, like, she was just being an asshole. That she was going to be okay. And, um, so I spoke to one of the receptionists. Oh, also while we were there, sorry, this is just a a tidbit, but it cracked me up at the time and also pissed me off like none other. My dog is not dog friendly. So in the waiting room, that's just tons of dogs, you know? And so I'm walking her up and down the hallways to try and distract her and calm her down and stop her from making a scene and, like, disrupting these other animals' lives. And my dog caught her own reflection in the in one of the windows and started barking at herself. And I just, like, looked at her and I'm like, God, you're such an idiot and I love you so much. Like, you are so clearly my daughter because you're so dumb and just like self-loathing um and also just so lovable and so I speak to one of the receptionists and you know she says you're really next in line but then they had had like a dog come in as like an emergency I saw them come bring this dog in with the stretcher it was all so upsetting but it's four in the morning I have work I have to be at work at 7 30 in the morning And I was like, you know what? I was like, my vet opens at seven. I'm just going to go home. And like, if you tell me her vitals are fine, I'm going home. And I can always take her to the vet and like, see what they say. But she can like freak out at home instead of freaking out here. We get home and she finally passes out. Um, This was, oh my God, you guys have missed so much. So much shit has happened. (laughs) Okay, so... I park my car, we make it back inside the house, and my dog finally falls asleep in bed with me. I wake up, I shit you not, like an hour later, and get myself ready for work, and go. I drive to work, and of course I'm like deliriously tired and super upset. I had updated my bosses about the appointment, um... And told them, you know, I don't really want to talk about it in person because I'm just going to start crying. So they were like, you know what, take it easy today. Like, sleep whenever the baby is sleeping, which is a fucking joke. But um, 
you know, I was like, okay, just make it through today and I can get home to my dog. At three o'clock, I go to pick up the two-year-old from school and my car won't start. And my dumbass is like, I am probably doing something wrong here. Like, I'm probably so tired that I'm putting the key in backwards or something. Like, there has to be an explanation. It has to be me. I go back upstairs and the dad goes and gets the two-year-old. And I'm like, okay, I'll figure this out. He sends me home like a half an hour early. So I go down to my car and I'm like, okay, hopefully it's got to be the key. Like, my car is not started before. My car is old as shit. Like, this has happened plenty of times. Usually the solution is just don't panic. Wait a few minutes. Try again. Everything will be okay. I try again and again and again. And then the mom comes home. I try to jump my car. It is not the battery. Like the lights are all turning on. Everything's turning on. It's just that the engine's not starting. It's not the starter. Don't fucking come for me with your starter nonsense. It's not the starter. Um, In the accident, some wiring got messed up. And I knew this, but it was like a non-issue. It was like really the least of my problems in this fucking thousand dollar repair that needed to be done. And so... I hadn't gotten it fixed because in order to fix that, they would have had to open the hood. And once you open the hood, you can't really close it because once you, there's so many pieces that are like the metal's bent, you can't really close the hood. I duct taped the hood shut. I'd like, it's this whole thing. Like the wiring was the least of my problems. And then on this day, the day after I found out that my dog has cancer, um, the wiring became the issue and essentially it's like there's some wiring that's messed up that's telling the car that it cannot start like that it shouldn't start that it's not safe even though it is you know um and so I took an uber home and (laughs) I remember just climbing in the uber ubers play a big start big part in the last two weeks um and I only took two Uber rides. Anyways, sorry, you guys. It's the wine and also my life right now are contributing to me not being able to talk. But um, in fact, I'm going to, sorry, I'm just going to fucking drink some wine. <laughs> I'm going to drink some wine while I record this. Hold on. Okay. So I get in this Uber and the guy says, oh, how are you? And I was like, I'm doing terrible. And and he was like, oh, why? And I was like, I just found out that my dog has cancer and my car broke down all in the last 24 hours. Like, I'm doing awful. And then I just sat in the back of the Uber and tried not to cry all the way home. And so then... um. The weekend before that, (laughs) so before this, so I initially, Bella was limping on a Sunday. The Saturday night before that, I had actually taken myself out, which if you follow me on Instagram, the whore next door, on Instagram, I had taken myself out downtown um, and I had posted a picture from that night. But basically, I, like, wanted to take myself out on a date to fall in love with living in Chicago again. Sorry, this is all so tangential, but, like, so much has happened. I really just don't even know what to tell you guys at this point. Um, I have been wanting to just leave. I've been just fantasizing about moving to New York and not being here anymore. And so that night, that Saturday, before the cancer, pre-cancer Saturday, I took myself out downtown and I was like, okay, I'm going to prove to myself that I can live the life that I wanted to live in New York in Chicago. And so I was like, I'm going to take the train and go downtown, go to this amazing piano bar that I love and have incredible memories with. I think in one of the episodes, I actually talked about this bar. I went there with this guy that I call Pittsburgh way long ago. It feels like another lifetime. Anyways, so I like load up my fucking train card, my venture card, and I'm like, I'm going to take the train. I wind up not taking the train because my headphones weren't charged. But anyways, 
Um, I did go to Zebra Lounge that night, and when I got home, I was a little bit tipsy, and I wind up messaging um, these two separate comedians I love, and I'm actually going to shout them out because I don't know why the fuck I haven't yet. Um, If you guys are looking for podcasts to listen to, this is what I listen to. My favorite fucking podcast is called The Hot Mess Comedy Hour. It is hosted by the fucking amazing, incredible angels that are Andrea Allen and Emily Lubin. Also, you should listen to the Man Whore Podcast uh, hosted by Billy Presida. Please go follow all of those people. Go listen to their podcast. They don't need the shout out, but I'm giving it anyway because... I love them, and I was talking to them that night. I was, I had messaged Andrea and Billy separately, and I was telling them that I might n- move to New York, but that I never could while my dog is still alive because I would never forgive myself if she died from the stress of the move. Foreshadowing, people. This is what we call foreshadowing. <laughs> the following day is when I found the cancerous tumor. Anyways, so now back to... Um, the, the, my car dies and I go home and I'm like, oh my God, well, I had loaded up my venture card. I'm, I'll take public transit in the morning. And so of course, like I'm, I look up how to get to my work using public transportation, which is something I hadn't done for like since ever. And, uh, I wind up taking the train to work the rest of the week, the bus and the train. And, and of course, at that point, like, again, it's like the least of my problems, but I was like, holy shit, had I not had this desire to move to New York, I would have never loaded up my train card to prove to myself that I don't need to move to New York. And then if I had never like, oh, and then like my dog getting sick after me saying like, I would never move to New York because I'm afraid that my dog would die. And now my dog is dying. And it's all just like this very weird coincidence. And like, holy shit, I need more wine. There's not enough wine for this pandemic that is my life right now. Okay, fucking cheers, you guys. I hope you're drinking too. Please drink, please. Just for the sheer fact that you're not going to be able to follow along with this episode if you're not drinking. (laughs) Okay, so I take the train to work all week and I have been sticking by my car's side (laughs) through thick and thin, you guys. Fuck it. But at that moment, I was just like, I cannot deal with my car being unreliable. Not for this fact that I drive children around, but because if something happens to my dog, I need to be able to get her to the vet in the middle of the night. I cannot like be ordering an Uber to go put my dog down, you know? You know, you guys, you know that very relatable problem of not wanting to order an Uber to put your dog to sleep. So I decide, fuck it, I'm going to just lease a car. I like, people have been asking me, especially since the accident, but even like prior to that, my car's had so many problems over the years. People have always been asking me, when are you going to buy a new car? And I keep like hemming and hawing and coming up with excuses. But the real fact is like, I just didn't see any point in getting a new car. And I'm not materialistic. I don't fucking care. I don't need a new car. But the thing is, is was in this moment on this day of finding out that my dog is for real going to die. It's not even a joke anymore. And sorry about the background noise. That would be my dying dog playing with a toy. And I am not going to fucking stop her. On that day, I just realized like, this is the reason I need a new car. I need a new car because I need to be able to provide for my dog. That is what my one and only true responsibility in life is to provide for my fucking dog. Like I have to be able to be there for her and I'm not going to order an Uber in the middle of the night if something is wrong with her to get her to the hospital. Anyways. So I was like, okay, I'm going to lease a car. I'm going to just fucking make it work. I have like no savings, you guys. I don't even know where my money goes. I truly, I fucking don't know. It goes to this goddamn car. It goes to keeping my car running. It goes to my own medical emergencies. It goes to my dog's emergency. Like it goes everywhere except for in the bank, which is where it belongs. And of course, in the same week, the stock market crashed and I have... I have mutual funds and they're like pretty reliable. Like they're very steady. Diversify your portfolio if you learn anything from this podcast. But, but I, 
I don't want to sell those. And especially when the market's going down, that's never the time to sell. Never panic sell. Oh my God, this this episode, you guys. Uh, um, but I just was like, I, I hide cash all over because I'm fucking weird. And so I pulled out the like stacks that I knew I had hidden somewhere in case of an emergency. And I had $2,000. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make this work. Like I'm, my, I don't know what my credit is. I looked that up and I was like, okay, we'll make it work. I found a credit card where you can apply for, um, I don't have pet insurance because I don't think, I don't know, but I don't feel like a lot of people do. And I don't, and I've been graced with having a dog that I didn't have any health problems up until this point. Um, and so I just never saw a need for it and, um, so anyways, I applied for this, like, uh, it's called credit care credit, credit care. I don't even remember. That's fun. Uh, but it's meant to be like a loan for medical emergencies for people or for animals. I applied for the animal one. I got approved for, um, like a line of credit through them and I'm, I'm doing that. And then, uh, I'm, I find this money to go towards a down payment on a lease. And I know I want a lease because I don't want to deal with emergencies with cars anymore and doing maintenance. And like, it's just too much. Like I can't have unknowns anymore because my dog's life is the unknown. And that matters more than anything in the whole world. And, and so I do that. And like, I don't, I don't remember if, I ever mentioned this on the podcast, but I asked for a really, really big raise at my work um, many, many months ago, and I just got it. And that's been like this huge blessing and that literally just kicked in. And I was like, holy shit, like everything happens for a reason that like this all, I mean, not in like a fun, mm, everything happens for a reason and it'll be fine. No, like everything's still terrible and we're all still dying and like, welcome to my hell. But also like, thank God for that raise. Um, because it helped me be able to get this lease. And then my parents wound up helping me with this lease. They're like, we'll pay for the money, like the down money that you need for the lease so that you can save that money for your dog. Like the $2,000 I dug up in drawers and um and and then that so then so then that Friday this is all in the same week this was all last week um that Friday I needed to tow my car out of the spot and get it to the car dealership where I was going to lease the car and I It was like this whole series of events. I eventually, there was like, they, they kept telling me they couldn't do it because of where my car was and it's a liability and they can't fit the truck in. I wound up fucking coasting my car out of the garage of my work like a motherfucking badass and coasted it all the way onto the fucking street. Like, a, I don't want to like give away where I work, but I work on a busy ass street in downtown Chicago and I coasted my car onto the fucking street so the tow truck could take it away like a boss like the boss ass bitch that I am handling my life right now and so that happens on Friday Saturday I go to the car place I fucking I got a brand new car you guys I've got um a Mazda CX-3 it's amazing I love it and also I don't care about it like it doesn't feel like it's mine. It doesn't feel like it matters because literally the only thing that matters right now is my dog. And like, I'm sorry to all of you who are like super affected by coronavirus right now. But to me, literally all that matters right now is that my dog has cancer and that's it. Like from the second that I found that goddamn lump, I just knew. And like, I know this is stupid and I didn't really know, but like the night before that Saturday night when I was talking to Andrea and Billy, like me telling them um, I wouldn't move to New York because I'm afraid that my dog would die. I feel like on a subconscious level, I knew, like I just knew that something was wrong and like that fucking limp, by the way, her limp went away. Like it was nothing. It was the limp 
only served the purpose of making me search her body for a cause and and then the byproduct of it being me finding this tumor like very just weird and like I would have never found it it's it was so tucked up in her body I would have not found it I would have I would have it would have gotten big and I would have not known until it was way too late to even do anything about it and like unfortunately you guys like I think it might already be too late to do anything about it but at least I'm like I'm giving her medicine and I'm trying to help her be comfortable and it feels like at least right now I can do something like I have some kind of control even though I have literally no control. I need to lie and tell myself I have some control and anyways so Saturday I get the new car. Um, Thank you mom and dad if you're listening. Thank you so much for helping me and like uh, it'll start to feel very real and very much like my own car <laughs> once I start making many payments a month because now I've gone from zero debt a month to like so much debt all at once because of my dog bellies and because of the car and the blown my parents like it's all happening at once and you know what I just don't fucking care like I just really don't care um And so then um, my parents and I actually went to a comedy show that night. And like, so all of Saturday, by the way, like in case this wasn't super obvious, literally all of last week, all I did was cry every single day. And, and so I made this vow to myself. Oh, fuck. I haven't lost it yet. I might now. Um, I made this vow to myself that I would take her for a long walk every single day because... The moment that I found out that I was going to lose her, I started thinking about what I would regret not doing. And the Saturday that I went out, the Saturday before the Sunday that I found the tumor, it was freezing cold, freezing cold day. The Sunday that I found the tumor, uh, the weather turned and it's been like warm enough to go outside and enjoy it outside. And like it's spring, spring has come. And I just started thinking like, thank God it's warm enough. I can take her for a walk. And cause I would so regret like all the days that I didn't take her for a nice walk. Like fuck, you know, all the days that I closed the door on her and ignored her. Like, Everybody in the world could tell you not to feel guilty or like how you could have never known and everybody does that and it's human. But you know what? In that moment, you fucking, you do feel bad. You do feel guilty. You feel like a failure because my one and only job in this world is to keep her safe and take care of her. And now she's dying and it feels like I fucking failed her. So anyways, I made a vow to myself that day. Um, to take her for a really long walk every day. And so every day I did. And my anxiety has been through the roof, of course. Like, fucking, of course. But on these walks, I would just talk to her. And she started on medicine. Um, she takes Benadryl every day now, as well as, like, an antacid kind of thing. Like, a Pepsid kind of thing. Uh, I don't know why, but the vet told me to. So that's what we're doing. And... And then every day when I give her her medicine, I have to put it in cheese. And this is something that my dog growing up, we had to do because he was always on medicine and he actually passed away from a tumor. And and we'll get it into that in a minute. But uh, so growing up, like I always remember watching my mom give him cheese. You give, you fold the, the plastic fake American singles cheese. You fold it in half and then um, you do half the cheese you put the medicine in half the cheese in the morning and the other half in the evening and anyway so in the evening I every day when I give her cheese in the evening I make a little video of talking to her and I just tell her what we did that day and it's not for her it's for me it's so that I don't forget because I forget everything (laughs) and I don't want to forget this I just, I don't want to forget. I don't want there to be a single thing about her that I ever forget. And I know that, like, 
you're going to listen to this and be like, you're such a fucking idiot. Of course, you wouldn't forget your own fucking dog that you've had for a decade. But I don't know that. (laughs) I've forgotten so many important things in my life. And it like eats me up inside that I don't remember these really important things. And especially because this is just so fucking traumatic to me. I just don't want my brain to block this out. I want to remember her floppy ears. I want to remember like the way her whine sounds. And like, I just want to remember like all of the things we did together. So I just take these videos. I have so many videos on my phone of the past few weeks. I'm just her. A lot of it is just not even me saying anything. It's just me videoing her just walking down the street. And there's really no significance other than the fact that I love the shit out of her so much. This is my best fucking friend and she's dying. And the hardest part is that so I mentioned like my dog growing up had a tumor. Oh, sorry. That I think my brain's signaling me I need more wine. Hold on. <laughs> oh, gross. Ugh. I'm nasty, y'all. So, um, my dog growing up had a tumor. And of course I remembered that, but like I was in high school and I didn't really remember the details of the situation. All I remember is that uh, one day he couldn't, he was having trouble getting up out of his bed in the family room of my house I grew up in. And I called my mom and I just said, Kirby is having trouble walking. And she said, okay, I'm going to call your dad. And, And we put him to sleep that day. And it always ate away at me that like, what if I just hadn't called her, (laughs) you know, would he have still lived? And like, yes and no. Yes, he would have still lived, but no, not forever. And like, to what, like, what quality of life would he have had anyway? You know, at some point he would have died. And, but anyways, it always felt like I murdered him, is what I'm getting at. But it wasn't my call, you know, like it felt like it and to some extent, like it still feels like it was my call, but it wasn't. I He wasn't my dog. He was like my sibling, <laughs> you know, but he was my parents made all the judgment calls about how to care for him and making the appointments and everything. Bella, she is my dog. She's mine. I'm her mom. And, and like, I, I've always, you know, said that and felt that way, but never more so than in the past two weeks of knowing that, like, truly, her life is in my hands. Like, how she spends, aw, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I just turned and looked at her. She's just laying on my bed behind me as I record. She just looked at me. It's just how she spends the rest of her days is up to me. What quality of life she has and when that life comes to an end to some degree in my hands. And it's a lot. It's a really, really big responsibility and it's heartbreaking and devastating and And so painful to experience on your own, knowing that, like, it's just me and her. There's nobody else. Like, I have other people in my life, but when it comes to my life with her, it is just me and her. And it has been since I got her. And I thought about, like, it sucks that I don't have somebody that I share my life with that loves her the way that I love her and also selfishly I'm so fucking glad that I'm single like I'm so glad that there's nobody else in the picture to like say that they're experiencing this too because there's no way anybody could ever love her 
as much as I love her. And fuck you guys. Like, I'm glad that it's ending the way it started. Just me and her. Like, that's how it's always been. It's just me and her. After every breakup I've experienced over the past fucking decade of her and I's lives together. She's 11, but I got her when she was one. That's why I keep saying decade. After over the past decade of my life with her, every breakup, I would come home and every single time I tell her, okay, Belle, it's just you and me. And then that night she gets to sleep in my bed with me. And I know that sounds really stupid, but like it's it's just this thing that she and I have been doing, you know? And And now it's like it's really just me and you. Like it's just me and you about like fuck, 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 fuck. Like you're dying and it's just me and you and like fuck. Fuck, you guys. It doesn't feel real. Like, there have been moments over the past two weeks. That whole first week, it felt very real. Because I just found out the news. I was fucking losing it at work. Oh, and so at some point in that week, I got the blood results back and... There was no elevated white blood cell count. Like, everything actually looked really good. And I was cautiously optimistic. But being totally honest, I just said I was cautiously optimistic. The truth is, I was over the moon optimistic. I felt back to normal. I was like, my dog doesn't have cancer. I'm good. And then, like, two days later, the fucking cytology report from her sample of her tumor came back and said she absolutely has cancer and by the way it is a late phase to like a late phase cancer meaning that like the cell there's a lot of abnormal cells present so it's very likely to spread quickly and my world fucking collapsed all over again because all I wanted was for this to just not be real I wanted somebody to tell me that's her bladder. You're an idiot. I wanted somebody to tell me that's not cancer. It's fine. I wanted somebody to just be like, wow, your dog has a giant ass pimple and she's not going to die. Because I cannot process this idea of my dog dying. Like, she is mine. She's my best friend. She's here on the bed behind me. What would I ever do if my dog was not here on the bed behind me? I don't know. I still don't know. Like, and thank God she's still here and everybody's like, oh, just enjoy your time with her. Soak up every minute. Do you know how fucking hard it is to be present when all you can think about is the fact that your best fucking friend is dying? Like, hell no. Like, so that's why I make these videos because I just it's so hard to like mentally be here right now and so then at some point I think so Saturday night I get the car and I'm distracted during the day and that was lovely like I really needed that and then I had to clean my house because I knew my parents were coming over and I've just spiraled into like very quickly this pit of depression and not caring about my life <laughs> And so my house is a fucking disaster and I had to clean it because my parents were coming over and like, I didn't want them to see it like that. I didn't want them to see me like that. And so I cleaned that up because I can't clean myself up. And so I was just busy. And then we went out to eat and we went to a comedy show and and it was good to just laugh. And I came home and I looked at my dog and she was okay. And I just thought, okay, it's not today. You're not dying today and probably not tomorrow. And so then now every day I just tell myself, not today, not tomorrow, not today, not tomorrow. When I start to get too caught up in this feeling that I'm losing her. But it's like... It's destroying me and it's so hard to be present and so then I make these videos to just capture this moment 
And then meanwhile, I'm also trying to like live out all of the things that like I want to be able to do with her. So like I took her to the lake because it's a thing that she and I do together is we go to the lake and walk on the beach together. But the, the, the she and I have this spot. It's like you walk out. Um, it's at this one harbor and there's a lighthouse out in the harbor and there's a dock that goes out to the lighthouse and she and I would walk out to the lighthouse. And then I went this past time and it's not there anymore. They must have they must have done construction over the winter and I didn't even know. And it's gone. And it's like the, our spot is gone. And I walked there with her. And, I, and when I saw it was gone, I just started crying because it's like everything is changing and I'm not ready for it to change. And, and also, like, I, this is so dumb, but... My last real ride in my car was with my dog before it died. And then, like, my first ride in my car was with my dog. And I'm just so glad that, like, <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be so awful. I'm going to hate myself one day for this. <laughs> she got to see my glow up. Like, she got to see me make it a little bit because she's watched me just fucking struggle and she's watched me grow up into being an adult over the past 10 years. And I'm just so glad that she got to ride in my new car with me just so she could experience like a piece of the good life with me because we've just struggled so much and I hate that she had to be there for all that struggle and also I I I don't know what my life would look like without her I don't even want to imagine it because there were just so many days where I didn't even want to come home or like I didn't want to I just didn't want to wake up but because I had her it gave me such a good reason to wake up and to come home and something to look forward to every single fucking day of my life and like and I'm so glad that she got to be here for this moment of like this sign of success I'm glad she got to be here for the remodeled kitchen and I'm glad she got to be here for like when I could afford to take her to an oncologist which by the way you guys is what I'm doing tomorrow and oh, I need another sip of wine that I'll talk about the oncologist so when I originally took her to the vet, she says one sip of wine, and I'm like, totally fine again. <laughs> um, so my vet told me to make an appointment with the oncologist, and I did. And there's one in the city, and there there's only two oncologists in the city, which is fucking mind blowing. But uh. They were booked until mid-April, and so I took an appointment, but I called the vet, and I said, you know, do you think that um, that appointment would be okay, or should I make an appointment for sooner? And I had a gut feeling that, like, they're going to say make a, make a, try to find somewhere with a appointment quicker than that. But, you know, fingers crossed, of course, that she'll be like, oh, yeah, no, mid-April's fine, your dog is fine, because that means that, like, I have till mid-April, of course. Uh, and they called back and they said, you should find, find an appointment for sooner than that. And on the phone, the, she said, you know, it's not that it's like an emergency, but her type of cancer is known to spread really fast. So try to find a place with an opening sooner than that. I called fucking everywhere. My, and I finally found this place that has an appointment tomorrow and and I'm so thankful for this fucking appointment it is a hella long long way away from here like I'm I'm gonna be driving very far tomorrow with my dog I don't want to say where it is just because you know privacy is important um and my mom is coming tomorrow and tomorrow they're going to do more tests. They're going to likely take a sample of her lymph node from what my vet was telling me. And they're going to do an ultrasound, I hope. Like, these are all uh, hypothetical. I don't know for sure, but, like, this is what is likely to happen. They'll do an ultrasound because when they did x-rays at her initial appointment, x-rays would only show a large mass, 
where something was being pushed out of place, but an ultrasound would give them a good 3D image of if there's any um, tumor inside her liver, for example, would be a concern or, you know, anything, anywhere, other, literally anywhere a tumor is, is a bad place for a tumor. But especially within a vital organ, like her lungs or her liver would be very, 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 very bad. And then um, I hope to get more of a prognosis, you know? I want to know how long she's going to live. And I want them to be realistic with me. I don't want them to sugarcoat it. Because, so like last week, I was very present and I felt like my dog was dying. And then this week, it's like, I'm going through all the stages of grief where it's like, I think I'm in a bit of denial that it doesn't feel like I'm losing her, even though I know I'm losing her because she's still here and she's still acting like herself for the most part. You know, there have been moments, but like for the most part, she's acting like herself, except for now there's this giant tumor hanging off her body, which like... Also, just for the record, like, initially when I took her to the appointment, this tumor was tucked up inside her body, and now it is hanging down, like, this giant sack is just hanging down, and, like, I just, like, want to know. I want to know. I don't want to know, but also I really want to know, how long do I have with my dog? So I can just make sure, first of all, to do whatever I can do for her, to make her comfortable, to take care of her. Um, and before any of you guys ask, chemo and radiation is like a highly uh, recommended path for this specific type of cancer, and I don't feel comfortable going that route with her. And I already spoke to my vet about it, so don't fucking come for me like a bunch of animals and tell me that I'm a bad person. I already asked my vet point blank, am I a bad person if I don't do chemo and radiation for my dog? And she said, no, there's a lot of people that most people don't feel comfortable doing chemo and radiation. My dog is 11 fucking years old. I don't want to put make the rest of her life going through feeling sick just so that I can enjoy her. I want her to enjoy life. Like, fuck what I feel. I want her to enjoy the rest of her life. I want to take her for a long walk every fucking day. Thank God it's, it's finally nice out. There's a day it rained and I fucking lost my mind that I couldn't take her for a walk because I felt like a fucking failure. Like, what if she were to die tonight and on the last day of her life I couldn't take her for a fucking walk? Like, this is not for me. This is for her. I want her to enjoy her life. I am not going to make her go to a fucking vet every fucking day for what? So I can give her treats and tell her she's a good girl? You know what? She's the fucking best girl and she doesn't need to go through that for my sake so tomorrow I just want them to tell me like I just want them to give me a better idea of where we go from here what kind of palliative care I can provide for her is she a good candidate for surgery to remove this large mass like or is it too late where you know that it would this cancer is going to kill her at some point or another it's just kind of a matter of when and how and so tomorrow I need to find out, I want to find out some answers. And also I'm trying to keep my expectations low that I may not get many answers tomorrow, but I am so hopeful, you guys. And then of course, in the midst of this, fucking coronavirus became a thing. I've been fucking social isolating, not because of the dog, but just because I'm not a fucking idiot for like the past week and a half and I just can't I can't wrap my head around the fact that other people don't think this is a serious issue I'm going to be okay but you know what if I were to get sick and have to quarantine myself that would mean I couldn't take good care of my dog so 
I'm not going to fucking chance it. Like, I can't risk winding up in the hospital and missing out on the last days of my dog's life. Like, fuck that, you guys. Fuck that. Fuck fuck anybody who went out for St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. Literally, I hope that every single person that was in any of those pictures fucking loses their job, gets kicked out of college. You are such an irresponsible shit of a human being. I can't. I'm just so, I'm mad at the world. Mad at the world right now. And it just, nothing feels real. It just feels like hell. I'm living in hell. And... And now you guys are all feeling weird too. And it's just like, yeah, cool. Now everybody feels like I feel like it doesn't, coronavirus doesn't feel like the issue. The issue feels like my dog has cancer and thank God everybody else is finally recognizing the fact that my dog has cancer. Holy shit, you guys. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to come on here and talk for like maybe 15, 20 minutes. It's been 50 minutes of me just screaming into the corner of my dresser because that's where my microphone is set up right now. I need to go switch my laundry and clean my house because tomorrow morning my mom is coming over so we can go take my dog to her oncology appointment because my dog has cancer. I love you guys. (laughs) Um, What the fuck was this episode? What the fuck is the world right now? Uh, please take very good care of yourselves. Wash your goddamn hands. Don't be a fucking weirdo. Who just like oh, just do a light rinse? Now is not the time for a light rinse. Um, but also, you know, just be thankful for what you do have. Be thankful for your jobs if you've still got them. Be thankful for running water. I'm glad we still got that. And if you don't have anything else to be thankful for, be thankful that we still have my dog. And I love you guys. I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Goodbye. What's up, my little horror nuggets? Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Just wanted to remind you to go rate and review on iTunes. Obviously, five stars is always appreciated, but any kind of feedback helps. And as always, you can contact me on Twitter at whore underscore next or email me at the whore next door podcast at gmail.com. Love you guys. Goodbye.